0: You are listening to KYRS Medical Lake, Spokane, 88.1 and 92.3 FM, and this is Outspoken. Good morning. Good afternoon, yeah, yeah, It actually, is.
1: I know. We always forget that, because this yeah. is like the first official thing we do. Yeah. Well, this the d- is the top <laughs> of the, the afternoon. I mean, we
0: open your afternoon to some delights.
1: Delight, delight, it's delightful. Afternoon delight. It is your outspoken boys
0: uh, mm-hmm. from Outspoken. We've talked a little bit about uh, changing up that intro, so uh, I know. I, I'm excited to see what what we do. Not that that's a bad one. Maybe we'll incorporate. No, I that like in it, it. but I, like I it love too. the thought of newness and yeah. new creativity.
1: And we have a creative, you know, fellow, yeah, in the studio, and we might as well
0: we let have him be we have creative. some creative brains, in creative here. Houston. Creative hit. Is that his new yeah. name? I it like is. It. He's got a new haircut and everything. That's yeah. his newness. That, that's it. It's I know. It. New him, new you, new everybody. So this is going to be a good show. Mm-hmm.
1: As always, we're going to bring... Our uh, monthly guest that we love so much, uh, our very own sex therapist outspoken. Damon's going to be back on the show. Damon L. Jacobs. I'm excited. And then, in. what's the guy's name for the second hour? Okay. okay well, his
0: name? his name is something like Sam LaFont. <laughs> <laughs> and it should be That's that s- Sam Lafer okay. yeah.
1: <laughs> so a <We> name <laughs> that we're going to have pronounced for us yeah. uh, when he's on, and he's with the Ragtag Theater Company, which yes. is an LGBTQ yes. creative theater uh, based mm-hmm. out of like a street street theater in in, in, in New, New York. York, in Italy, in Italy. they're based yeah, out of, based out of, based out of New, New York,
0: York but yeah. it's it's modeled after. That's yeah. going to be fun. But yeah, we've well, done fun things. Oh, 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 uh, I just want to say that rumor has it his name is pronounced. And we'll ask Sam Lefroy. But I think that's just that's just crap. That's what we were told. That's I don't think that's real. So, so we'll see. I know we'll ask him. Um, But yeah, we were in
1: Seattle. What did we We do in Seattle? Just got back yesterday. But okay, so we had Jane Lynch on last last -hmm. Sunday's show, and so we went to see the cabaret show. See Jane sing at the Triple Door in Seattle, um, and it was so much fun. It was a blast. We did see Jane Lynch sing. We did, and she was hysterical. We also saw Kate. Flattery. Flattery from The Office. And Mm -hmm. all I have to say is I'm madly in love with her because she's hysterical. She's
0: Meredith from The Office, if if you've seen that show. Yeah, she is hysterical. The whole time she was playing up the hot mess. Oh, she was. um, In the
1: middle of Puff the Magic Dragon, she like stops the whole song. The three of them are singing. And she's like... There's so much sexual tension up here. Because yeah. <laughs> it was her and Jane and then the musical director from the TV show, Glee, Glee yeah, who has an amazing voice. Oh, my gosh. And he's so yeah. handsome. Uh, and he, he was playing it, up the 40s look.
0: Yes, he was. And I love that look. So it opened up with the quintet. There's, there was a jazz quintet. It was yes. beautiful. Um, so they did a little thing. Then this, the musical director comes up. And sings oh, some amazing. He sings so "Come nice. Fly with Me," and I'm like, Which "Well, I I'll love. fly anywhere, with anywhere you. anywhere with him, anywhere with you." He sings a few other yeah. uh, classical jazz. And then
1: Jane comes on, and but there is one mm-hmm. one favorite phrase mm-hmm. that came out of oh the my gosh, I love of it of Kate. And yeah. what was that?
0: Uh, she says, yeah, "You can lead a horse to, uh, a whore to culture, but you can't make her think exactly." So there you go. She
1: was great at her part yeah. of it. Jane yeah. was great at playing the the straight man. Uh, yeah. you know, which you know, basically just being the one that's like, Kate, seriously. Yeah, exactly. Anyways, whole show, brilliant. Plus, we're in the Triple Door, which if you get a chance, you should go to Seattle's Triple Door yes. because on the first floor they have a blues
0: club, which is really cool. Oh yeah.
1: And then it, if you go see the main stage, yeah, it's done in a cabaret style dinner theater.
0: It was amazing. Yeah, we had we had food. We, we were had, in a
1: cute little booth. Yeah, we were really close. Had, we had could a little see table. Facial mm-hmm. expressions and everything on yeah, the on exactly. the exactly. Yeah. Not that pores.
0: Not close enough to see pores, but we saw no. facial expressions. Yes. So that's right. So
1: we'll take it. Uh, and yeah. then we got. We had to run. So after that, we're staying with friends mm-hmm. who we've talked about on the show before, which I think is funny because they <laughs> called me out when I yeah, was over there. And yeah. They're like, I love how you tried to keep us anonymous and you made it through like two sentences and then you just said our names. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's 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 just typically how it happens. You know, Mark and Christian. So <laughs> I was, was like, yeah, you know, we stay with these great friends and these friends did that and Mark and Christian. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. oh whoops. There Anyways, that goes. So yeah. we run. We have to get to the light rail because that's what we took downtown. Because yeah, because
0: we were it, not going to deal with parking on, on a like Friday 30 Mm 36 in Seattle, right downtown. Because it's right by... It's across the street from uh, the Symphony. Yeah, at Benaroya Hall. Yeah, it's right there, Westlake. So, yeah, we were just not going to make it if we did any other way. So, we
1: take the light rail. So, we're we're needing to go back to the car and then drive to our friend's house where we're staying. and. And the most, so we're going on this elevator. This. The most interesting noise happens as we yeah. almost stop and get to the where we need to be. Yeah, the, we're going up. Yeah, the and the elevators ele- over
0: it. The elevator noise, or I guess the announcer lady. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all of a sudden, out of nowhere, and she says this twice too, yes. which was funny. Um, she was like gang dang, which I think <laughs> means going down, but we're not sure. We're not sure. Gang dang, gang dang, and we're yeah. like, what is what's yeah. what's
1: happening? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was str- and everybody else yeah. nonplussed, like no, it doesn't nope. even phase them. And we're I like, what was that? It. What language <laughs> was that? So
0: for the next twenty minutes, we proceeded to just you know gang <laughs> dang <laughs> and everything. And here's the other best part. So yeah. we're told
1: because Carter's the man, he couldn't go due to some. A weird health issue yeah. and we'll, with his we'll face. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but he can go, so he tells us, well, I've let them know, our friends know, you're not going to be there till midnight. <laughs> so, now keep in mind, the Jane Lynch show starts at 7. At 7. It has not gone into my head Either one what of us, that really. means that it's going to be a four-hour show. Yeah. And to think, that's probably not. Yes. Be so no. they're not expecting us till midnight. We're out at like almost nine o'clock, yeah. and we're, we're texting out. them, going, so, "Yeah,
0: uh, so surprise, we we're going to be there." Exactly. We get yeah. to their house way before ten.
1: <laughs> they, I think so. They had this whole night plan where 10. they were just yeah. getting things done, and they were walking the dogs, yeah. just relaxing. And then out of nowhere, "Hey, we're on our way." And here's the yeah. thing: they are the consummate host, so they they all they're so great. And so I felt bad because they're like, "Crap, we have like twenty minutes," and yeah. they're here. Like, we care. I have slept on the floor Mm -hmm. of many, you know, we've slept in some fun hotel rooms. So it's always, but it was funny. And then
0: it made me think,
1: Kurt, what made you think Jay Lynch was going to do a four-hour show? I know.
0: (laughs) Well, see, here's the thing. He's just used to us. Right. And when we do anything, we we make it it last
1: four or five hours. So I guess he... When we do anything. When we do anything. So (laughs) I'm, I'm just putting that in there. But yeah, so that was fun. But let's talk about... Why Kurt couldn't
0: yeah. go. Let's let's yes, this is gonna be the state of Kurt's face. I love this. Uh, I know. The state um, of Kurt's face. So Kurt last Sunday, I think we talked a little bit about this, uh, had a little um bite on his face, yeah. spider bite. Um, which we, we we told him to go to the doctor. Yeah, because he comes out, out talking cause... like he's been to the
1: dentist because yeah, he, he can hardly move his, move his face. Yeah. And he, and we're like, when did that happen? Oh, a couple days ago. Right. Did you go to the doctor? <laughs> mm, no. Kurt, your face is falling yeah. off in front of Please our face. Please go to the like, doctor. Like, we're watching your mm-hmm. face fall off.
0: So he finally does go to the doctor. Uh, turns out it is quite serious. It, yes. His face blew up. It blew up. It. He, they're afraid he's going to get a staph
1: infection. Yes. Which, oh Which, my gosh. Which, of course, is yeah. way, way dangerous. Mm-hmm. Horrible. And I talked to him on the phone, and he sounds like he could die at any moment. Right. Like, I have never heard him More sound than
0: like usual, because that's pretty <laughs> typical for Kurt. But this time, actually <laughs> there. Yes, this you know, was. Um. So it's, well, here's the thing. He describes it as milky, lemony thing coming out. He, he was he was leaking. Up. Well, let's was just leaking. say so it, uh, he, it
1: drained itself without the help of a doctor. It exploded. Right. It exploded. So and he then couldn't then- come every hour he had to put a new bandage on that's how bad it was for a complete day like what did you have in your face is all i have to say yeah so no he couldn't make it and so he you know he's kurt he typically does all our scheduling so he was freaking out and i'm like you're not supposed Mm -hmm. to worry about anything we've got this he that was hard for him i'm not gonna lie but so he lets our friends know what's happening yeah and we had on a recent show talked about our friend Mark, mm-hmm. who, by the way, camps the way I like to camp, which is like pre-arranged, mm-hmm. yeah, prearranged food, you know, air mattress. And he, like, sprays down the campsite with what he loves, which is this really good smelling Febreze-like raid. Yeah. That, it, it, it does smell like Febreze. And he's, mm-hmm. like, spraying it in the outdoors. No. And I'm like, that is a man who knows how to camp. I yeah. He's yeah. my... <laughs> Kill My the nature while you're when there. When it comes to that. Yes, uh-huh. that sounds perfect. Okay. All right. And so he couldn't come. So we get to the house mm-hmm. with Mark and Christian. <laughs> Love them to death. They have these three bags with ribbons tied on top sitting on uh, a cabinet. On a right? table. Right. Yeah. Uh, there was like a fancy okay. ribbon. I couldn't find. All right. um, <laughs> and they are. We all We each got our own. A little raid multi insect, and so Sergey, you just sprayed it in
0: here before the show, and I did. it does smell. It delightful. smells. I'm telling you, it, it smells beautiful, great. and there will not be a single bug in this room. Yes, which is and great. And
1: we promised Mark that we would spray Kurt's face, and we did. And so we did. So we'll put that picture up, <laughs> um, and that's because we were encouraged by our friends. Yeah, to, <laughs> to do that.
0: I'm just saying. Look, I'm just saying. I think he needed it, I think to be so. honest.
1: But he smells better.
0: He does. <laughs> he looks is. better instantly, <laughs> and he'll never... Uh,
1: you, you know he missed us.
0: Yeah. <laughs> he'll never have another spider bite on your face. Ever. Ever. Oh, my
1: gosh. I love it.
0: Uh, so, speaking of health, Jonathan, you've been doing really well. Uh, you have a lot of news to talk about. Sh- I am shocked about.
1: by myself. And can I say that I, I'm in a writing mood, so I love yeah. to name things. So, I All call right. it Weight Loss Health Found. Oh, Beautiful, gosh. right? I yeah, think that's beautiful. It Anyways, is beautiful. no, I am. I'm i I'm, I'm still staying on my deck. You know, our goal here is to always be healthy and healthier. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm down a total of twelve pounds over the last two weeks. Oh, I love it. Um, look at that. I know, twelve pounds. And my waist size is a thirty two. Oh look which at you. Shocks me to death. Yeah. But yeah, and I still even though it was eight thousand degrees yesterday. It was 100, and my car's yeah. air conditioning mm-hmm. is on the fritz, I drove all the way home Eek. with my dog after picking him up picking him up and I went to the gym. And so yeah, so wow!
0: Well done. Pretty sure it was yeah, almost had, a heart attack. I had no motivation to the go uh, to go to the gym. So instead, <laughs> what I did was I took a nap and decided to just sweat it all out. And I did. Yes, because it was so hot. Right. All of the toxins. Yeah, everything just sweat, it sweat right out. Well, it was like the
1: gym, basically. And you always work out. You do. Really yeah, well. I love. And yeah, You're an yeah, athletic, yeah, it. and you're gonna help me be outdoorsy.
0: Yes, we're gonna go. We're gonna uh, hike. We're gonna go on a hike. Maybe when it's not. Uh, yes, three thousand degrees. Can we degrees? find a
1: day when we have some lower degrees? Exactly, because cause... already first hike, yeah. me and nature sometimes get along. And bring the rain by a know, lake. Just... I get along with nature by a lake a lot, <laughs> but if I have to hike to that lake, that's going to be new for me. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, right. But right, you right. promised me that I'm not going to go. Like we talked about, you doing an ultra. Yeah, we're, we're not. We're not doing, we're not doing starting, an ultra. We're not starting not with that. Mount Rainier. No, no, no. I'm going to do a, you know, just a a pretty beginner's hike. Okay. Yes. yes,
0: there's lots of those here. I will be saying. carrying
1: my raid mm-hmm. with me, okay, and then I'll just spray any animals I see. Right <laughs> <laughs> Get back! <laughs> <laughs> that will Stay be Stay away. But I have hiking boots, but I really? use them to accessorize outfits. I haven't actually used them to hike.
0: Oh, okay. So. You're you're like the okay. You're a proper gay man. I
1: love I, it. I think I am.
0: Boots are for accessories, not for labor. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Exactly. There you go. But mm-hmm. now
1: I'm excited because I am determined and. Okay. And I'm determined to go camping, yeah, with the boys from Seattle, yeah, but only if Mark is going, and we can cl- we can glamp his way, yeah, I love yes. it. And you and Christian can go off and be survivalists. We
0: can hike and do all that crazy I stuff. I agree. But anyways, yeah. I digress. Let's take our first uh, music break, and then when we come back. Um, I think we might be talking to our sex therapist, Damon, which is exciting. But this I is, know. We love him. Yeah. This is going to be uh, Greg band with the song Jeopardy. You are back with KYRS Medical Lake Spokane 88.1 and 92.3 FM, and this is Outspoken. And it is that time of the show slash the month for us. Right. We get Mr. Damon L. Jacobs, our sex therapist, on here. Damon, how are you today?
2: I'm great, boys with a Z. Yay! It's so great to speak with you.
0: You too. <laughs> oh, we love
1: it. I know how. Okay, I, I
2: love being referred to as that time of the month.
3: Yeah, yeah right.
1: <laughs> I, I know, you know that happened earlier, yeah. and we both looked at each other like, "Huh? huh that's, <laughs> that's interesting."
2: Call me your aunt Flo. Whatever. Yeah, <laughs>
1: Our very own. Oh, aunt I love Flo. it. Um, I love but, you it.
2: You know, guys, this is actually. I'm. I'm really glad to be speaking with you both today, and so glad to be around today. Because this is a pretty important day historically, and I don't know if this was mentioned earlier in the show or not, Mm -hmm. but today, uh, June 5th, being the 35th anniversary, um, the first AIDS case was found in the United States.
1: Crazy. And
2: this is kind of a commemorative day Mm -hmm. in terms of how far we've come and where we've been, and honoring those who have gone, and honoring our longtime survivors, and also really acknowledging the hopeful spectrum of where we're going in terms of treating and ending HIV in our lifetime.
1: See, and, that's amazing. Um, so,
2: and Barack Obama actually just posted something about an hour ago, um, talking about how important PrEP is in this next step towards ending HIV in the world. Yes. So it's a pretty important day, and I'm really glad to be sharing it with you too.
1: Very. And you know, that's fascinating. Over the weekend, I had a, a very nice conversation with a young man from Seattle, and we were talking. He's HIV positive, and he uh, doesn't always tell people, well, we had this conversation about how so much has changed uh, because because of the freedom and the more, it takes away some fears of, of getting involved with someone who, uh, we call it, you know, serodiscordant, mm-hmm. which is one yep. has uh, HIV and one does not. But I, it was a fascinating conversation that, if you think about it, is crazy to have because 35 years ago really isn't that long ago that all of this has started. And uh, a, a lot of things has changed and will continue to change on the HIV. Right.
2: I mean, it, there's a lot of pain and there's a lot of grief and there's still a lot of things that are unjust in the yes. world, but yeah. right. we, we reflect upon where we've come in 35 years, if we just reflect on what's happened in the last five years,
0: oh my so gosh. we can see yeah. we have
2: definitely taken some incredible steps
0: mm-hmm. in yeah. the
2: right direction. And I yeah. think you're right. I have seen as a therapist how this removal of fear, that taking away the fear of HIV transmission, has made a significant difference in the lives and the relationships of so many people. Mm-hmm. And that's what PrEP and what we call TASP, meaning treatment is prevention, yes. is allowing couples to do in a way that was not possible in any other time in the past 35 years.
1: Exactly. And it's, it's facilitating amazing. conversation. And I think that's amazing. And education. Because, yeah. yeah we actually communicate yeah. more willingly mm-hmm. about about these things that well, we should be talking And I about. love
0: that on, you know, apps like, you know, Grinder and Scruff and, mm-hmm. and these dating apps, people are open enough to put, hey, I'm on prep and then yeah. that can start these conversations and you exactly. know be more of a uh advocacy for for prep. Uh see, this is the perfect day for you to be here. Sir, <laughs> it's
2: a good.
1: It's a good time. It it's is a good time to
2: be alive. Good time to be in love. Good time to be horny and fooling around.
1: Yeah, exactly. love it. Hallelujah! What a above. great intro to getting right into the questions. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! So
0: we're just going to jump in. We are. So this uh, listener is writing. He's saying or she's saying. I've noticed something odd. Maybe this doesn't have a clear cut answer, but at least, but I can at least see. Uh, I've been having weird dreams about my boyfriend. The dreams are about us fighting. I wake up a bit upset at him after the dream, but try and get over it since it was just a dream. Uh, we don't fight or argue a lot in person, but my dreams have a lot of it recently, it seems. I'm just curious as to what it means.
2: Huh. So, you know, questions about dreams come up frequently in, mm. in therapy, and there are often questions people have about what does this mean or what doesn't this mean. And, you know, the truth is we all have theories and philosophies about what dreams symbolize or what they actually mean. I have my own theories, but what I often say to my clients is, you know, your dreams are one thing. I'm actually really interested in knowing what you're feeling when you're awake. Mm -hmm. Is there hostility? Is there resentment? Are you repressing or pushing down um, tension or conflict on a conscious basis when you're awake? Are there things you want to say to your partner that you're not saying or things that annoy you that you're not talking about? How is that functioning? Because Mm -hmm. sometimes if we're repressing feelings in the present, they do often surface in our unconscious, in our dreams. Mm -hmm. And so I'm interested in knowing that, but unlike other therapists, I don't go that far into the unconscious realm of um, symbolism and dreams. I like to really work with what they mean in the here and now and in the present. So what could this mean? To me, this could mean a lot of things, but what it might mean is that there are some communication issues that could benefit from being addressed.
1: Right. Interesting. See, I do, you have,
2: have dreams? do you guys have dreams? Do you have dreams about, like, um, killing each other or anything like that? Arguing with
0: each other? Not <laughs> Jonathan, but Kurt all the time, constantly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, Does he dream I'm, about murdering yeah. you guys? you you guys at the microphone? Totally. <laughs> uh, oh, no, Sergey's always beating up Kurt. It's well, always ha- <laughs> It's just, you know i can't and it's it 's not but it's not so subconscious anymore yeah. it's, it's very <laughs> oh, much in the conscious, <laughs> but yeah, I see, I always was told mm-hmm. um as I was growing up that pay more attention to the emotion that you're feeling in the mm-hmm. dream than actually the you know what picture is in your mind because you know I was always always told your your dreams are the way for your brain to like sift through your yeah. your experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, my first thought is a word that you had said is that are you you know are you repressing anything? Are you not feeling like you're able to share? Yeah, well, in, uh, in, what's bothering you in this
0: question? I mean, they're writing that you know they still f- wake up a bit upset. I mean, that's such a real emotion that w- you know w- where it's coming from. I feel like is just is beyond then you know just the dream. There's something. There's definitely something going something on else that there. Um, like like you said, communication could could solve. Or address.
2: Right. And is it based in what's happening in this right. relationship or right. are the unconscious feelings based on what happened in a previous relationship? You know, See? sometimes yeah. if we've been survivors of abuse or trauma, that can come through in dreams as well. If, you know, often if we're repressing memories right. or even if we're not repressing memories, but we're just mm-hmm. not really um, processing through them, they can right. surface in dreams. And sometimes it feels like we're angry at the person in front of us when we're really still sifting through the feelings from the
1: past. Exactly. I will have dreams to this day. I mean, they're not all the time, but I'll have a dream when I'm so mad at my dad. Well, my dad hasn't been here for, you know, over a decade now he's been, he's passed on. But I will have dreams where I'm so mad at him about something in the dream. And I'll wake up and I'm mad, but I realize later it has nothing to do with my dad. But for whatever reason, that's just where it manifested Mm -hmm. through a memory of my father. But yeah, see, you can't, you just can't take them at face value and I think it might be a little dangerous if you do, you know.
2: Right. And so it's just an awareness of, okay, what is happening in Mm -hmm. the present, what's happening in in the now and if there's issues or feelings or thoughts that are not being expressed, It's kind of like holding down like a beach ball under the water, right? It's like the more you do it, the heavier it gets. And eventually that ball is going to come up and splash.
1: Right. But if you
2: just kind of let it be and wade with it instead of pushing it down and forcing it under, uh, it often is, is a lot less tumultuous.
1: Right. And at least you can nip it in the bud, as they say. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's go to question number two. So this listener says, I'm in my longest relationship yet, and I love it. We're both fairly young and around the same age. But I have noticed that a lot of times I find myself as the more mature or responsible individual in the relationship. My boyfriend definitely steps up to the plate when he needs to. But as a general trend, our maturity level differs a bit. I already find myself ahead of my age group in terms of responsibility, so it's not anything new. This isn't something that bothers me a whole lot, but I definitely want to understand how to better grow together. I guess what I'm looking for is just advice on how to support him where he's at and how to grow together despite being slightly different points at slightly different points of life.
2: Okay. Well, I... This is one of these times where I wish I could ask, like, okay, how old are you chronologically, and Mm, and how are you defining maturity? Mm, But he does give an example here of maturity being in terms of responsibility. So, you know, that is, in my mind, also a a sign of maturity, of emotional maturity, to be Mm. able to take responsibility for oneself and one's decisions and the actions. And so to address the question he's asking, how to support him, um, I always go back to the spiritual saying of be the change you want to see. Uh, be We teach all the time in yeah. our relationships, uh, in our personal relationships, in our professional relationships. We're always in a teaching position. And both people are. right. And so what I often do is when I'm speaking with or if I have an intern or I'm training a therapist, I'll often say a, a depressed therapist teaches depression. Ooh. A joyful therapist teaches joy. And that's not a verbal thing, that's a presence, that is an energy, that's how you contribute into the room. So if you are wanting someone in your life to grow or to evolve in a specific way, show them what it looks like in a joyful way, be a
1: role model, be Hmm. the change. Wow. Plus, my wow. favorite Gandhi quote ever. So, yeah, be, yeah, be the change gotta, you want to see. Yeah. yeah. And I have to say, one of the other things, I mean, that, I mean, even for, it looks like this couple is younger, uh, but even as an overall general, I, every relationship I think comes to that point where they're like, we, you know, everybody has different interests. And as the longer you spend with someone, the more chances there might be a little different interest. How do you, in a relationship that you would like to keep going, make sure that you still grow somehow? together on on a path that you can share is are there any secrets to that
2: there's not and and here's why if you think we this idea that we're going to get together especially when we are 20 right and that we are going to find someone we might partner with or get married with Mm -hmm. and if our life expectancy is quite possibly into our 90s or 100s that we are going to hold the same interests and passions and commitments with that same person for 80 to 90 years. It is possible, but statistically speaking, it's kind of unlikely. Right. Now, I'm not trying to be a downer here. I'm not not (laughs) against relationships. I'm not against marriages. But I think these things can work better when there is a mutual respect for difference, Uh when there's an ability to say, okay, we're not always in the same place at the same time, Maybe you like to do things I don't like to do. I like to do things you don't like to do. Mm-hmm. We have agreements around sexual monogamy that we hold, and we have integrity about those agreements mm-hmm. so that we're not violating trust on those levels. Right. And it's, But if you really just think about it realistically, there are no guarantees in life. Relationships right. are not a guarantee. This right. is why I focus on presence, right. giving the, what I call the presence of presence, Just be present, be in the relationship, be in the now, be good to each other, respect the differences. Even if you are sitting there thinking, I wish my partner was capable of thinking the way I think, or is that the maturity level that I'm at? Be the change you want to see. Role model for him or for her how joyful and, and blissful life can be if they choose differently in their life.
4: How
1: interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Relationships Relationships are so complicated. That's why I don't have one. (laughs) (laughs) So complicated. (laughs) If you think about it though, you
2: do have relationships. You have a lot of relationships in your life.
1: This is what I
2: choose not to do is not to quantify them as one or the other. As like this is a relationship with a capital R, this is him, this is her. This is a relationship, this is not. I like to think about the abundance of connections and love that is in my life that is often in different forms, in different ways. And I think in terms of getting older and in terms of maintaining a community, it makes a lot of sense for all of us to explore the different ways that we are connecting and relating with one another, even if they are not sexual or they're not romantic. They can still be significant. You know, a lot of friendships. Last yeah. a lot longer than husbands and wives in relationships, yeah, or right. formal relationships.
1: Right. right, that is so true. Actually, yeah. Sergey and I just had that conversation on the road when we were driving to Seattle about how, yeah, I have had many friendships. I have a friendship's last twenty two years. Yeah. <laughs> like I, mm-hmm. I'm not that doesn't work so well with me in in romance, but I'm okay with that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. And so, I love it. getting
2: back to this question and just thinking about today and then what we were uh-huh. saying earlier about today being the 35th anniversary, I am reminded that throughout my career, and especially now, in terms of living long-term, there, there's a lot of people who have lived a long-term with HIV and AIDS, and they are wonderful, beautiful folks, but sometimes what they'll do is tr- educate, and they'll try to get in front of a group of young people, college students or 20-somethings, and, and kind of yell at them and say yeah. why they should, quote, should mm-hmm. care about AIDS and why they should be afraid of AIDS, and why they should be using condoms. And, you know, it's like this whole litany of anger and aggression and should, that in general, if it's an older person doing that to a younger person, they sort of zone out. They're they're usually just like, "Eh, okay, get out of here. Uh You know, they'll be polite, and they'll nod their heads, but then they're going to go off and do whatever it is they're going to do. Versus people who are able to communicate and collaborate with a group of people not because they're trying to convince them what they should think or should do or how they should be growing, but because they share a piece of their life and a piece of their history, a piece of their soul. I think um, there's an activist named Peter Staley who I think does this very, very well. He communicates with young people, of people of all ages, in a way that's very gracious, that's very inspiring, that's very loving, and he's really an example, in my opinion, of being the change. Um, Phil Wilson is another activist uh, who is a long-term survivor who does the same thing out of Los Angeles. And both of these gentlemen who are longtime survivors, 20, 30 years living with HIV, and they so much embody Mm -hmm. being the change you want to see, and they inspire young people to learn and to grow and to make healthier decisions in their lives. And so we take these two people, we sort of learn from their example, we can think about how to translate that into what our personal relationships can look like. You know, we're not, we are not—we don't have to make our, our partner grow or change in a certain way, but if you think that he could benefit in a certain way, just embody that change yourself.
1: See, that's amazing, mm. and it comes down to what we talk about a lot, which yeah. is personal responsibility, too, yeah. and owning yourself— well, and I don't yeah. think
0: a lot of people understand how big of an impact they have by being the change, you know, how much of a role model they can be just by, you know, being like. themselves or doing, yeah. doing, you know, what they do. So I think that's yeah. an important po- point to get across and to understand. Perfect. Cool. So uh, next question. Uh, this listener writes, I've never seen my partner naked with the lights on. The only time we have sex is in the dark. How can I help her feel more comfortable about her body?
2: Wow, what a great what a great question! Because this really taps into something that I know you guys have talked about, and and yeah. we look at sometimes our own internal body shaming.
4: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and and
2: all the ingredients that go into that are in my book absolutely shouldless. I write about the should pie, about all the different factors, micro macro factors that make us feel ashamed about our naked body, and women, I believe and the the listener here is referring to a her, and I think women um, get this much, much more than men do that almost from the time from the day they're born, even before they can comprehend the, the language, they are being judged and scrutinized for their body. Wow. You know, I, I always say no baby yeah. was born in this world saying I look fat today.
4: <laughs> right. But exactly. Young yeah. girls
2: yeah. are programmed and brainwashed so early to think about their own bodies in a shameful way. Mm-hmm. You should look like this, you should wear a dress, you should look pretty, you should be caring what men think of you. Right. And um, you know, that gets in so deep at such an early age and I think sometimes That then translates into adulthood where she doesn't want a partner to see her naked with the lights on because Mm -hmm. there's so much internalized body shame, Mm -hmm. so much internalized idea of, like, this, you know, I'm too fat, or this is too round, or I have too many wrinkles, or this is, you know, whatever. And... It, it doesn't have to be that way. I, if, if there's one thing I ever want to do on this earth is to have all women and men be able to stand in the mirror naked and say, "I look fucking awesome." Right.
1: Exactly, and and I think in gay community it happens mm-hmm. a lot as yeah. well because uh, we, the community we're brought up through with the, in the media when we haven't come out yet, it is very it shows the gay community as very body f- focused. I would say, and I think that does. Happen a lot. So I think that happens with a lot of gay men as well.
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah. And especially when there, you know, is so much shaming out there. How do you so in in this relationship, this listener obviously wants to help her feel less shameful about her body. What what's, you know, a few steps or a few things they can do to help start them on the right path kind of thing, you know?
2: So. And once again, what, what we kind of always come down to is communication, right? Right. Is, is talking about communication, is, is being able to say to this person, I want to see your body. Your body is beautiful. Can mm-hmm. we leave the lights on? Can we dim the lights at least? If not have right. the lights on, can we dim the lights? There are um, workshops and programs that help couples just to be together, just to be naked, just to engage in erotic or sensual touch, massage, caressing, and helps them kind of work through this embarrassment and shame or, or fear about what their body looks like to the other person. Right. But, and you can look that up. So you could go to a workshop or you can like Google sensual touch. And it's just some tools to help couples understand that they can be in partnership and connection even without clothes on, and to work through. Now, I'm not saying the shame will go away, right. but to work through the shame and not let it control your decisions and sexual reactions.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. And it opens yourself up to more trust. It opens yourself up to more, I think, pleasurable experiences with your partner. It definitely can. Because I think, yeah. you allow that, that vulnerability.
2: Absolutely. And at any time in life, at any stage of life, if we can do this, if any of us can do this and work through the shame, it really, really helps embrace the aging process. And for women, and well, for everybody, but I think especially for women and for gay men, we have such struggles with the aging process. And we get hit and hit ourselves with ageism right. so much harder than our heterosexual male counterparts.
4: Definitely. And
2: mm. if we can start to embrace this process of getting older and feeling good and feeling alive about and feeling proud of our bodies, then that is a really great tool to have throughout the lifespan.
1: I see. I think so, too. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I come from that world of... Uh, being a larger man when I was growing up and, and losing the weight and how you internalize so much of it. So even if you lose weight, you're really – it's it's a struggle for, for people who go through it. So uh, trust, though, is the most important thing, uh, I right. think, so, with your partner. So
3: let me
2: ask you, Jonathan, do you – can you feel comfortable being naked with another person with the lights on?
1: I can now. I It was a long time coming. But How'd yeah, I – um you know what it's funny I I did I do a lot of internal I'm a processor cuz I write so I'm just a processor I had to work at it though I had to work at uh giving myself constant self affirmations I had to work at allowing someone to tell me I was sexy that was a big thing and to allow that feeling of maybe maybe they're right maybe you know and I discovered my own world where i feel like a supermodel and that's so and i say it every day when i go to my day job i say remember today everyone we are all supermodels that's i love that right and we all and but it was a hard thing but i had to start allowing myself first of all to accept compliments and to believe them or at least allow the option of believing that mm-hmm. this might be a truth and and wow. i think as you do that and as you talk to yourself and as you you embrace positive reinforcements a lot changes but i'll tell you it took years and years and years
2: right and a partner was helpful for that
1: very much so and i think yeah. they can be a great partner in that that journey in the end it's yours uh, as mm-hmm. everything is but they can be such a great help and partnership in that in that journey forward
2: See, so relationships can be complicated, like
1: you said earlier, but <laughs> right. they
2: can also be such beautiful vehicles yeah. for exactly. healing and growth and change.
1: See, and that's, that's the most exciting yeah, part. that was a beautiful okay. story. So, the next question is, dear Damon, my partner and I have been together for 12 years. I work in the tech field, and while troubleshooting some new security software on our home computer, I found some conversations my partner has been having with other people. Upon further investigation, I discovered he has been video chatting with guys and having cyber sex. When confronted, he told me I was too sensitive, and it was no big deal. It's a big deal to me, and my trust feels violated. I know it's not exactly cheating, but it feels like he did. Help.
2: Oh, my goodness. Okay, so I write a lot. There's a couple issues coming up for me here. One is the issue of snooping, intentionally
4: or not. Mm-hmm. And I am a
2: really strong proponent of partners, not snooping on each other.
4: Right.
2: Because in general, it doesn't lead anywhere good. No. It doesn't really lead to a deeper connection or trust or serenity or pleasure or joy. Mm -hmm. In general, either the person doesn't find anything or they find something confusing and they don't know what it means or they do find something quote-unquote incriminating and then they have to decide what to do with it, which leaves them feared and alienated and it's just generally not a good thing. Mm -hmm. But let's just go with saying this was a total accident. Let's just go with that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, I would ask this person, given a chance, I'd say, so what was the agreement? What was the agreement you two had about video chatting and cyber Right. Right. And probably I'm guessing the answer might be what agreement? Or I might get confused yeah. face. Or, well, of course we agreed we weren't going to do that, but the other person never agreed to that. Right. So it seems like this is the problem with couples not actively communicating with integrity and negotiating sexual agreements. Because even though this may not be even considered by some folks to be sexual, it is just cyber sex, right. but it's clearly something that this listener is upset about. It's clearly something that he considers a violation of trust. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure that there was any agreement that was violated here. That right, I think right. the one person assumed one thing the other person assumed another thing and now we have a conflict because there was so much assuming going on
0: right yeah right. And well there and was, it's that whole danger yeah. of oh it was an unspoken rule right well, yeah there was no communication about right. it and you didn't set forth you know any yeah any construct for your so relationship unspoken yeah.
1: rule doesn't count you yes. got to talk about yeah. it. it has yeah. to be outspoken rule yeah <laughs> there yes. you go
2: <laughs> right, and when I have couples, when I work with couples, we get pretty detailed as, as right. if, if they're willing to, but we'll talk about cyber sex, we'll talk right. about sexting, we'll talk about Grindr or Scruff or Facebook, Right. we'll talk about oral sex, we'll talk, I mean, we just, we got to go down the list and say, okay, what are the agreements you're creating, right. what are the agreements yep. here? So we want to make sure, if you're if you're both invested in being in this relationship with integrity, then we need to create agreements, even if it seems trivial.
1: Right and this right. i feel like this kind of question comes up a lot in relationships what constitutes cheating you know you you hear different opinions yeah. everywhere yeah. when it comes to hello we are in a world of technology that will only continue to progress mm-hmm. uh technologically so i mean you better start thinking about this and talking about this because You know, it's going to come up.
0: Yeah, and how many times, you know, is someone going to think, "Oh, well, you know, it's not cheating unless it's full on penetration." Someone's going to think, "Well, if you look at a picture, that's already cheating." You know, there's so many levels, variations. It's so important to have that conversation, exactly. Mm -hmm. And
2: I exactly, and I also really take an issue with the language that we have constructed around how one expresses sexuality with more than one person, because in general. The language and the words we use are like cheating or betrayal or right. affair or infidelity, and all of these have this oppositional uh, tone to them, right. which is about creating difference instead of cooperation. Mm-hmm. And that we're, and even th- a lot of therapists I know do this, too. They don't use language that's about sharing different ideas right. and ethical ways of practicing non-monogamy. And in this Mm -hmm. case, I would say, you know, it's not exactly, well, the person didn't cheat on you. It looks like he chatted with guys, and he shared his body, and maybe Mm -hmm. watched their bodies Mm -hmm. via the Internet. But that wasn't to you. This was not against you. You were not a victim. And I think that this language that, that is conveniently used by a lot of therapists and divorce court judges, um, really sort of perpetuates this idea of perpetrator and victim.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, and I think it's funny that also, you know, um, for whatever reason, whether they were going and looking for stuff or, or not, and you had even mentioned that it doesn't tend to end well if you go in looking, because I feel like... The purpose of doing that, if you're going to look for trouble, you're going to find trouble. Yeah. I just mm-hmm. figure, and yeah. it, whether you have to make it or, or skew the way you look at it to find it, somehow you're going to find it if you look for it. And one of the things, so we were talking, I think it was last week. Mm-hmm. Anyways, we were talking about your book, Rational Relating. And one of the, the fun things I have uh, enjoyed about one of the parts of it is this... This idea of not approaching someone with everything already decided or all of your assumptions already made or all of your judgments right there. But to approach someone with, with two things in mind, to approach them in love and just open and to approach them instead of with judgment, with inquiry. You know, and what uh, how often I look at my life and go, I never I have never done that ever. (laughs) And and I have started practicing that and how amazing it is different than every experience I've had before to walk in with inquiry and to walk in with no judgment, just love. It changes everything the way. And I think that's kind of I correlate that between the going in and looking for trouble and going in and just saying, "Okay, well, this has brought up questions in me. You know, I have yeah. some I'm just gonna approach this person, I love them, and I'm gonna inquire. Right. And see what we come back with. Mm-hmm. I think that's an amazing skill
0: to to develop. Well and it reflects back on that relationship so much better that you didn't exactly. assume and it's just a conversation then. See, exactly. Yeah. I like it. So our thank next thank
2: you guys. That really means a lot to hear you yeah. say that and, oh, and I good. appreciate it. You know, I love the way you said that. I think you said it even better than the way I wrote it. So, thank
1: you. <laughs> Those but, things yeah, make me that
2: all that excited. That openness, that yes. willingness to learn, that willingness to connect mm-hmm. versus saying this is the way it is. Right. And when I get into a relationship with someone, I'm going to tell him or her the way it is. Yeah, And exactly. I'm going right. to have to deal with the fact that he or she might have a different worldview and we're just going to have to butt heads until we figure something out right. versus the idea. Of let's just be interested and curious and collaborating and creating together.
0: Exactly. Right. Oh, see, those I kinds of things it. make me yeah. All excited. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's the positive in life. I love right. it. Right. So uh, last question we have for you today. Uh, this mm-hmm. listener writes, OK, so how much porn is too much porn? I have a very active sex drive, and I can't always get out of uh, get out of my schedule and meet guys for real. So porn fills in. I'm just worried that I'll become desensitized to healthy human sexual interaction. Is there any truth to the studies out there claiming that porn can rewire your brain and make real le- real sex less stimulating? Ooh.
2: Okay. Wow. I wish we had an hour for this one. But right. Let's unpack yeah. this one. Um, you know, starting with the last question right there, is there truth to the studies that uh, that claim that porn can rewire your brain and make real sex less stimulating? There, there seems to be neuroscience behind that, and I wanted to make sure that I really looked that up because there's a lot of stuff on the Internet that's pretty judgmental right. and moralizing that claims yeah. your brain changes on porn, but they have no science to back it up. But there are some studies which have shown that the way we are, our mind engages in heightened sensation and pleasurable activity affects the way our brain works, or a more simplistic way to say it that I like, the, the neurons that wire together fire together.
1: Oh, nice.
2: <laughs> so it's this idea that if, if, you are, if you're only using porn as an outlet for sexual pleasure and sensation, and that's the sole method that you're using, to, to to have an orgasm and to, to play with to play mm-hmm. then it's possible that your mind might then need that level of dopamine in order to feel sensation right. and it is possible that your mind be, might become dependent on that form of stimulation in order to be aroused and sensitized and it can diminish the pleasure that takes place with another living person. All right now that's what the studies thing mm-hmm. right? And I think all that being said, we all know people who watch porn on the Internet and never have a problem with this and right. never have an issue connecting with another person. Um, so I, every case is going to be different. We don't do studies about the people who watch porn on the Internet and have absolutely no problems right. with it whatsoever. Exactly. But I do think this person is wise to simply be aware of if he's becoming dependent on this outlet for arousal and for orgasm, that he might want to consider mixing things up from time to time. And if he's not able to do that with another person, and a lot of people aren't or don't want to, there's still a lot of other ways to masturbate and still a lot of other ways to be aroused. Mm -hmm. I don't know about you kids, but I can remember the days (laughs) before the Internet... When we actually had to use our brains. Yes. (laughs) Yes.
1: (laughs) Exactly. You
2: know, know, I remember, because a lot, Uh we didn't have the internet when I was growing up, and I didn't have access to gay magazines, and the gay magazines I did have access to didn't generally feature models who I thought were arousing. Right. So I had to use the power of my own brain to share a story or to tell a story that would be arousing. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, I saw the movie Body Heat when I was a kid. You know, it's like uh, 1981, uh, William Hurt movie. So I highly recommend people watch this. And that gave me like 10 years of material right there. So, <laughs> so I just encourage this listener, you know, mix it up a bit. Uh-huh. If you're only doing this one way, consider doing it another way. Consider just shutting down the computer and just using your own mind. And you may not get the same level of arousal and stimulation at first. But if you keep going, then it's kind of going to be like a toolbox. It's almost like a canvas. Right. And you're going to have different paints available to color on your canvas. I hope that's a good metaphor. That's working. That <laughs> you want different ways to get there, not yes. just internet porn. Yeah.
1: yeah, and it's true. And I'm going to be way too honest with our listening audience right now. But it's true. There was, there was a time in my life I was worried that I had the same worry. And I think this happens a lot as uh-huh. well because – Porn is so much easier, ex- easily accessible than it was way back when. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. and so, I'd, so I would do this thing where, I ever, you know, you got to test it out. you know, got to see if your imagination's working, you know, just to make sure. Hey, and I've done it, and it works. I mean, you should do it. It's a great little You have <laughs> a vivid imagination? Up. Oh, good. I always do. Good, good, oh, good. Oh, baby. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, but it's true. That's true. Just change yeah. it up. Yeah. Like anything in your life, you mm-hmm. know. Got to change it up, <laughs> see where the excitement lies. You know, the
2: other thing that's important for us to remember as men, and this is not what the listener was asking about, but I just want to make sure it's out there, is that we also want to make sure if we are masturbating on a regular basis, that we are varying the technique of how we do that. And um, sometimes it's called the grip grip jaw syndrome,
4: Mm -hmm. where...
2: For men who masturbate a lot, their their penis may only get stimulated by certain kinds of pressures, by certain kinds of touch, and if that's the case, it can be difficult or more challenging to feel arousal and orgasm with another person.
1: That oh, is wow. fascinating. That is not I'd, something I've ever heard of. I never thought of that. Wow. Yeah, and
2: especially as we get older, and sometimes there's sensitivity that declines down there. We just want to be aware that if we're you know, that we're mixing it up a bit, that we're just varying it up, just like we're saying with this listener. Yeah. Change it up a bit. Don't get in the habit of always masturbating the same way every single time. Huh. So that you're not like dependent on this one particular way of touching yourself and you're not particular on this one form of visual stimulation in order to get there.
1: See, life likes diversity, I'm telling you. Mm. And I have to say uh, Damon, every time you're on the show, we learn so many new things. So that many, is new every things. time. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Oh, as always, kind sir, you are enlightening and a whole lot of fun. Someone said you're their favorite this week. Commented on your video that we put out for you, saying <laughs> that you. This was funny, though. She goes, absolutely loves Damon. He's also hilarious. That was their... (laughs) I'm like, okay, I never thought of that. But yes, I enjoy him. But there you go.
2: Thank (laughs) you. Sometimes that's even intentional. (laughs) I know, right? It's
1: supposed to be. Well, sir, as (laughs) we always try to encourage everybody, please look up Damon L. Jacobs at any bookstore, Amazon, Mm -hmm. uh, two books out. Right now, I love rational relating. I'm addicted to this book. It makes my brain happy. Um, so not only can you learn from the questions you can send in, where he'll give you free advice, but you can go get his book and learn even more. So there you go. Thank you, sir. Thank you
2: both. It's so great to talk to both of you boys it with me. always B, is. And I can't wait for our next segment. Yes. Me neither.
1: You have a wonderful Sunday out there. You too. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. And that was Outspoken's own sex and relationship therapist, Damon L. Jacobs. Like we said, he does have two books out there. Uh, Sergey and I love reading his stuff. Mm-hmm. He's really good. But here's the thing. You can send in a question, and he can actually give you advice. And yes. Yes. Maybe you are bold and you want to send in a question and you would like for him to answer you live over the air. Yeah. You can call in he... at the same time we have Damon on and we will have you talk to each other. A lot of times he has more questions he wants to ask. Exactly. Uh, we he are always say that. Yep. More than happy to do that for you.
0: But it's like a free therapy session and right. the cost is the entire world gets to hear you. Yeah. Um, fair. Uh, we're going to take totally. a quick song break here, and we're going to listen to Justin Timberlake's new song called Can't Stop the Feeling." You are back with KYRS Medical Lake Spokane eighty-eight point one and 92.3 FM, and this is Outspoken. Outspoken receives support from Nine Bar and Bistro, featuring a full bar, food menu, and trivia on Thursday nights. Located at 232 West Sprague Avenue, more information is available at 509-747-1621. Outspoken receives support from the Unitarian Universalist Church of Spokane, serving the community with a
1: non-dogmatic religious environment, welcoming all people regardless of race, sexual orientation, gender identity, or physical ability. Information online at uuspokane.org or 509-325-6383.
0: Outspoken receives support from Northwest Fair Housing Alliance, a local nonprofit that provides education, counseling, advocacy, and uh, to help eliminate housing discrimination and ensure equal housing opportunity. Information available at 1-800-200-FAIR and online at nwfairhouse.org.
1: Outspoken is funded in part by the Pride Foundation. For more information, visit pridefoundation.org
0: org speaking Yay. of pride foundation uh earlier this week you and i yeah. uh happened to uh yeah. to attend one of their uh ceremonies little events that yeah so we were togethers. invited to go to so yeah. the pride foundation does this great thing where
1: they give out scholarships to um high school students just going into college or college students who are already there and they need a little help financially to you know to keep going I've been on the, the committee before mm-hmm. to select these, and it's always amazing. So we went to their little congratulations to their scholarships of this yes. of this scholarship season and got to meet three wonderful, lovely uh, young people who were awarded the, the grants. Yeah. And, and got to talk to other community members, of course, who... And it's support.
0: always it's always fun to do that because you get to see who's out there in the community um, right now, especially people you haven't met yet. The stories are yeah. always fascinating. Uh, so we got to meet a few people. Uh, it was a nice little uh, event, and we got to hear the stories of the three uh, uh, some the of the three students who got awarded yeah. these uh, scholarships. Yes, they were some pretty rough stories, right? Um, definitely well deserved. We met and a beautiful family we from did. down in Clarkson. Yeah. Um, and who drove up for the
1: event? Their mm-hmm. their son is going to WSU, music mm-hmm. major. Um, very nice. And then uh, what was fun is he's an ally. His mothers are this lesbian, beautiful lesbian couple that we we got to speak with. Mm-hmm. And it's fun to see allies also yeah. be awarded scholarships because they also support our community right. I just love that aspect all three of them were amazing but that family was so sweet Yes, um, mm-hmm. and it was a lot of fun to talk to them and to see how proud they were of their son it was you just like yeah. oh. and they fought brings, to, to, yeah. to adopt their child because right? well, you know, yeah, they adopted yeah. him way back when there you was had to fight. no legal avenue mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. other than you know you better fight for it and I yeah. think that's amazing so anyways they were they were lovely ladies yes, and their yes. son was wonderful
0: even though he did forget the word ally for about a <laughs> little that bit. that poor guy. For 15 or 20 seconds. Right, but if that's you all get right. up there, I you're remember. trying to speak in front of a bunch of people and you're like, oh, yeah, what's it, And it word? can be nerve wracking. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It is. Absolutely. I know. That's I mean, that. I know
1: it's been a while for us, but I remember those Oh, days. yeah. Yeah, I, I know. When you I get remember get when I used to get stage nervous. fright, even mm. though I was touring and singing, I would get stage fright and I would like have to throw up before a show.
0: Really? You yes, would throw up before a show? and that lasted a few years. Oh my god! And
1: I used to tour a lot i used to sing a lot in public wow. so isn't that weird I, it took 20 years for me to Binging be like eh, and purging, huh? yeah, what is it Yikes. yeah i was i know and, and you would think i would have been thinner yeah. no uh, no <laughs> it would have been the bad way to go kids but yeah you, you know would think at hey, least i would have been. Ma- yeah method <laughs> to the madness right, right? Mm-hmm, what mm-hmm. in Anyways. just a
0: little bit we are going to be talking to someone whose name we do not know how to pronounce his name Wait, is sam we Lef- can say sam sam <laughs> his name is sam learn a first name Lef- basis lefro lefra- lefra- lefrage lefrage lefroggy Frag- i, uh, lefra- I don't it's know. not the froggy i don't think that <laughs> uh, oh <laughs> that would be fun though
1: well what's See, fun is sam is actually listening he or at least he's been commenting on outspoken space. Yes. yes and he's been nothing but sweet but i hate the but listen.
0: Here's the thing. You, if you've listened to our show long you, know, if you know we can't pronounce anybody's we names. We can't. Last names are the hardest for us. <laughs> is, and so is. we, instead of being, you know, really good radio hosts and going and listening to an interview and seeing how it's pronounced, <laughs> like, we nah. decide to make a spectacle out of exactly. ourselves. <laughs> exactly. Which, you know, is a, our, our preferred method. <laughs> I,
1: I, th- I agree. Our preferred method. People are like, it's Smith. Yeah, so you say Smith. Sam How do you mess Smith. that up? What, what, what are you <laughs> right. talking?
0: So, it's funny cuz we were recording, I don't know if any of you have been listening to KYRS uh throughout the week and maybe have heard a little promo that we that did we did for today's uh, show. Yeah, we we're we're doing uh tiny promos kind of um an- announcing what's going on in this week and during our promo, we wanted to announce that it was Sam the Le- the fringe, uh coming to ragtag theater company Except and the, the way, way sergey says <laughs> it i wasn't so sure so i, I just said sam lefran <laughs> is coming it's my favorite <laughs> moment and it's like <laughs> it's, I, it's you try to throw in every
1: pronunciation
0: with <laughs> the one right, right. just Exa- just hit all the bases <laughs> and then you're good because just in case one of them sounds right i know you're covered right and <laughs> this will be
1: a fun interview it's it's it will something be. i have yeah. not heard of uh it's lgbtq theater yes uh i'm I I'm just interested in talking to him and um, anybody who's enthusiastic in the arts. You know, we love them.
0: Exactly. Well, you and I love going to theater. Uh, We grew up doing theater, Um, and so this is this is right up our alley. And this is it's called the Ragtag Theater Company, Mm -hmm. Um, and so he's he's one of the members there. And basically, it's an LGBTQ uh, theater troop group um, Mm -hmm. comedy company whatever you (laughs) want to call it yeah and it's it they do some uh, they do some interesting things We do great intros. <laughs> would you like to hire us <laughs> to,
1: to, to do your intro uh, at your corporate we event? We can't pronounce your name.
0: <laughs> we'll forget and the, we'll, the sort, name. Of we'll sort of describe what you do in in an yeah. interesting, unique fashion. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Just it's oh, basically gosh. how Kurt would exp- explain the plot of a movie. We
0: will do that for yes, what you do yeah, for yeah. the world. Kurt thinks that uh, the Hunger, <laughs> Hunger Games are a horror film apparently. Yes, so. so the we we a we horror a film well. about food. Yeah, a horror film about people trying to survive and killing each other for food, which yeah, I don't think that's. Which I see yeah. sort
1: of now, but no. Yeah, <laughs> but anyways, yeah. Probably I'm going to go with. Without further ado, Uh we would like to welcome. I'll just call him Sam before okay. he tells us how to say his name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he is a member of the Ragtag Theater Company. Oh, I'm going to mess this up too. A comedy del del art, Trump? Comedia del There, come on. John. Dedicated to bringing fresh and unique live LGBTQ theater designed for the entire family. So without further ado, Sam... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was very close. Very <laughs> close. Glenn Close, but no cigar. Oh. And Sam LaFrage. <gasps> LaFrage! <gasps> See? If Lafrage. we would have stuck uh, with that, which was one of had, the options we had chosen. Yeah, there, it, <laughs> well, w-
0: it took us about 10 minutes to decide how we were going to do it, and that was the first option. LaFrage, we, I we, like we, it. We passed well, it you, but, you know, my mom
1: is from South
3: Carolina, and so I <gasps> always grew up with it being LaFrage. Oh, yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah.
3: Right, right. And then I moved mm-hmm. to New York, and I wanted a more bougier name. So oh, I, I think I was supposed to be correct
1: to you. It. I mean, you are an I, actor, yeah. of course, so it works. And I, I love, love it. it. It's, a, new... it's a
0: beautiful name now that we hear it. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> and now it just means you're ready to be like super famous. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> hopefully,
3: let's cross our fingers. Right. Yeah.
1: Well, let's get down to the nitty gritty and start with yeah. what the heck is a Comedia del Art troupe?
3: Well. Media dell'arte is an early uh, form of street theater that started in Italy a really 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 long time ago
1: yeah
3: it incorporates uh big funny characters mm-hmm. direct audience involvement and um, improvisation all in one right it's kind of like your original like sitcom does that make sense yeah, like, yeah right. characters, yes. right. you know like will and grace Jack yeah. is like the clown it's <laughs> right. like It's all those characters. You have, like, the miserly, like, merchant. You have the clown. You have, like, the flirty young maid. Mm -hmm. You have, like, the goof. You have the clever slave. It's, like, all of those, like, characters. And so we're a Comedia Del Arte troupe, and we uh, perform this LGBTQ theater for families.
0: And this is way back when, when they still did the traveling troupe, theater, you know, kind yeah. of, kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. What, what, yeah. Makes... You know,
3: like the street performers. Yeah. You would say. yeah.
0: Right. Right. Back in the day. I love it. That's so exciting. What, what makes this an LGBTQ theater? What, what part of it is LGBT? Is it all uh, inclusive or, um, what makes it? Well, I mean, unique?
3: it's, it's for everyone, but what we're doing is gay centric. Um, you see like drag is actually a derivative of Comedia Del Arte. Like the dame was first like featured. Okay. On the streets of Commedia dell'arte. Arte, and if you think about it, if you go to like a drag show, well, Comedia dell'arte, Arte, first of all, is very like pop culture centered. Okay. In the day, they were making fun of all the types of people you would see in mm-hmm. the streets of Italy: the merchants, the Jewish merchants, the the I mean, any every, every. It was like an all reference to it was like theater of the illusion, you know?
0: Right. And yeah.
3: drag is that you know, drag exactly. in itself is mm-hmm. that it's big voices. Big characters, Yes. Uh mm-hmm. a drag queen on the mic, talking directly to the audience and improvisation. And so what we've kinda of done is we've just like accepted and blended blended the two. We've merged the two. Uh the current our current show, the comedia Cinderella, what makes it gay is uh we've we've got like a fairy godmother in full drag played by me.
4: Nice. <laughs>
3: roller skates out to Xanadu. I love really. it. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> We've got a Carol Channing impersonator. Uh-huh. <laughs> We've got nods LGBT culture. The stepmom is very much Joan Crawford.
0: Okay. You yeah. Know? Yeah. That is brilliant Man, and I'm buying amazing.
1: my ticket to New York right now. Yeah. <laughs> that <Yes>. sounds amazing. <laughs> now, you mentioned on your webpage that you 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 all want to inspire people young and old to embrace yeah. what makes them different. Can you speak right. to that?
3: Yeah, I mean, that's... It kind of, um... It came about really, really organically, because I've been doing... I would just started in a mall in Columbia, South Carolina, where I'm from, oh, wow. in 2013. And, um... It's been worked on and worked on, and when it finally... When we got it to New York in, uh, last year, we had, um... The girl that was playing Rapunzel uh, was so weird and different, and like through like playing around on stage, like this message came forth of of like difference, you know, mm-hmm. of like embracing what makes you like weird. Because Rapunzel's totally weird; like she's like trapped in a tower her whole life, and she's like yeah. singing and talking to birds, and she's like insane. <laughs> and it's uh, wow. through this, like through this, um, actor Natasha Nightingale who plays uh-huh. who's our Columbia, she um, and this this message like came forth, you know, and and so we've been sort of like kind of like coming out of the closet a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, when when she like made some choice on, cho- choices on stage, um, and she like went down to the audience and told them to be weird, just like organically, it just was like, hmm, ah, I I'm like seeing what we are now, you know, um, and so we've sort of kind of been like. Since then, since in those early rehearsal rooms, we've kind of like came forth with our message, like as a company, you know, like instilling that love back into the community. Mm-hmm. And the show has a really gay voice to it, but I think like we really started blossoming when we started like really working on the show once it's in New York, and also in a different time, like in 2015. In right. New York is very different than 2013. Yeah, Columbia, yeah. South Carolina. Oh, yeah. Yeah,
4: right. Oh yeah. So yeah. that's.
3: Yeah, our message is to, like, just put that love. So, like, we're all about, like, self-love and self-care, mm-hmm. you know, and the fact that own what you are, you know, and you are enough. I love
1: it, yeah. Oh, wait, that alone, that statement that, right there, you exactly, are that, enough, that is the most so beautiful well. phrase mm-hmm. ever mm-hmm. that we so many of us forget.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I think right. that everyone, everyone should live their life with that in mind. So yeah. Sam, how and why did you get involved with the Ragtag Theater Company?
3: Well, we created it. We had this we just had this show. I, I um uh, we I created this company um before it was just a show. It was yeah. just the comedia Rapunzel first. And um I, uh, we wrote these these comedy shows down at Columbia Children's Theater in South Carolina and nice. that was just a show. It was just comedy Rapunzel. Mm-hmm. And um Like what I was just telling you, uh, through working and through the demand, see, we started in the mall, then we went to Scranton Shakespeare Festival, and then we went to the Fringe New York City Festival, and then we got accepted into Fringe Encore. And then from there, we got picked up by the Soho Playhouse. And so when we got picked up by the Soho Playhouse and we were more as we started evolving more, we're like, well, you know, now we should we should be a company, and we're made up of gays and straights. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like fifty fifty. And uh, since the message of the show is so draggy, and so um, <laughs> LGBT, we're like, you know, we we're an LGBT theater company, aren't we? <laughs>
4: and,
3: and the people that were coming to our show, it was a mixture of. Um, gay men mm-hmm. and gay families, LGBT youth, and um, all the others. Um, but there was something that really, like, I remember really specifically this little boy coming to see a show. This was, like, when we were still at the Encore Festival. And um, he was dressed up. You know, he was, like, wearing cowboy boots and sparkly tights. Aww. And his mom looked at me, and she was like, you know, he wants to be just like you when he grows up. Oh. And it was, like, hearing that, and I was like, okay, this is what we are now. You know, this is Man. who we're speaking to. Yeah. In South Carolina, Man. I didn't have anything like that. You yeah. know, we didn't have, I mean, I looked up to like Ben Midler. Well, yeah. <laughs> but yes. We did, I didn't ever see like, you know, kind of like gay clowns on stage. Right. You know? Yeah. Right. And so there was just something in it and I felt there was a real place for it. And it's something I can do to be of service, you know, and mm. have like a lot of fun doing it. See, that's know?
1: amazing. Yeah. Well, and let's talk about the shows. So currently okay. in New York City, you are uh, performing the comedia Cinderella, but uh-huh. you say you present fractured fairy tales. So yeah. how so how does that in this version of Cinderella give us an example of, of what you mean by fractured fairy tales?
3: Well, a your mama Cinderella. You know, <laughs> I mean that's we can go ahead and it. say Thank that. You. you know, it's definitely not your conventional theory, Cinderella. Cinderella. We yeah. take suggestions from the audience where to set it. You know, uh, okay. just last week it was uh, set in the Bronx. Nice. <laughs> um, you're going to find that the stock is the same, like the characters you know are the same, but all it's right. cemented and it's twisted. <laughs> yeah. Like Cinderella Yay. has all these animal friends that uh, come in, but they're all like the New York City animals you never
1: want to talk to. <laughs> right, right, okay, yeah. <laughs> okay, that's We've brilliant. got like,
3: we have like the sassy, the sassy fairy godmother who is very much like, Bob the Drag Queen. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) You know, um, and then we've got the stepmother who is like Joan Crawford up and down. I mean, it it follows the same storyline until when the players forget to pack the really nice Cinderella dress. They left it in the minivan, oh. which has been towed to Queens, <laughs> yeah. and so they don't know like what are we gonna do, right? And so they have to, they're like, well, we have a trunk backstage we can use, and so they go get the trunk, and Cinderella transforms, and she's wearing like the worst out like <laughs> like grandma prom dress you've ever seen. With the I love
1: it, yeah, yeah.
3: And it's from there that Cinderella learns that true beauty. Doesn't rely like on a fancy ball gown and wowing the press, you know? It's, right. It's about inner beauty. Right. You know? Right. Wow. So, I mean, huh. there's those things. <laughs>
0: that That's, sounds yeah, amazing. That's full circle right there. Yeah. I love it. So, these shows. And it also opens yeah.
3: with Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? So, <gasps> let me just say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love. <laughs> yeah. Love that. The show. these, yeah.
0: these shows you guys do, I mean, they have so many elements. I mean, they're theater at the core, they're comedic spoofs on these fairy tales and lots of pop culture references. Uh and those take the driver's seat. How do you how do you, you know, come up with an idea and then take it to the end, uh, you know, and just say, Well, we're just gonna do this right now. We're gonna do this fairy tale make it crazy.
3: Well, I mean, it's just it's really like a process and they all they like, they start like I wrote Cinderella in a day originally.
0: Oh wow. Oh wow.
3: And from there we got together yeah. and we rehearsed it and then the actors add in jokes. You know? Yeah. So they, also have, like, yeah.
0: they have freedom to be very much improv and ad lib based. Oh my God. Yes. I love <laughs> it. Yes. I love it.
3: I mean, like to the point where sometimes I'm really, really scared. I'm yeah. like, oh, no, please. <laughs> what, what are they
0: going to say? <laughs> we are for families. Yeah. yeah.
3: Um, but they play and we play yeah. and it comes forth. And, you know, and let me tell you, like, every time we do the show, it's never, ever the same, you know? Mm-hmm. Through like improving with the audience we discover things that really work, you know, and we add it in and it's a permanent addition to the script. Mm-hmm. You know. So in in just like comedia, which is, you know, improv and um scenario driven, you know, you'd like give them a scenario and they go right. out there and improv it. Mm-hmm. We really followed those lines too, you know? Improv. We're all comfortable. We break character twenty four seven. We talk <laughs> directly to the audience and so Through that, it just evolves and changes, and that's how they all come together, you know. But I picked my favorite fairy tales. When I wrote this, Cinderella's favorite fairy tale. Snow White, which is our next one that will be coming up, favorite fairy tale. And then Rapunzel, you know. And so luckily it's just like we've just done like three. We're starting – well, Snow White's coming up. But like just the two have been like uh, carrot stories that are like close to my heart. And like some that I love. Like I love like The Witch and Rapunzel. Oh. You know, I love the stepmother. And so I really like, I love like mother-daughter relationships. I'm mm. really, really fascinated with mother-daughter relationships. And so that's what we've done so far. That's
1: amazing. And I have to tell you, I, I probably everybody sitting in our studio right now, we're all jealous of New York. Um, and I, <laughs> I know you guys are based out of New York, but I did hear through our Facebook yes! page that Rapunzel is going to be the first show outside of New York uh, right now. Mm-hmm. Is that true?
3: Girl, it's like the first time it's been done like ever. Oh, that's amazing. Ever, ever. Where I've not been a part of it. And I, it is like, it is literally like the dream
2: come true for a writer. Right?
1: Right. Yes. Someone wants to take your work and bring it to more. That's amazing. Bring it to more. It's just (laughs) really
2: beautiful,
3: you
0: know. And I would like.
1: I want to put in your head the word Washington State. I'm mm-hmm. just saying, just, you know, pack that away back there, because the, I know we would love it. So.
0: <laughs> we would. Now, bouncing off of that, I mean, are you going to take a national or regional tour anytime soon, a la, you know, the traditional theater that we talked about, you know, com- Comedia Del Arte? Yeah, sure, if you pay for it. Oh, right, okay. right, exactly. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> if you got
1: the green, I got the we'll, ten. No. We'll
0: make it happen. <laughs>
3: <laughs> guys, guys, we're like so indie theater, you don't even know. We're like painting our own sets we were sewing our own costumes oh. i have like all the wigs are on stage or all my old drag queen wigs that yeah. we have, like, that is you know.
1: awesome i
0: yeah.
3: love yeah. it so oh. yeah it's so, like with the spokane children's theater doing our yeah. show it, it's just like and I'm, i'll be flying out there to see it and I, they actually mm. have auditions tonight at six for oh, it um it's, amazing. It, it, it's the world to so, like a little indie gay theater company yeah. you know
1: completely see you and you'll fall in love with this place and you just have to keep doing it do you i mean you got we need to get you guys like a dvd i mean i am so ready to watch this you don't even know i'm on yes i have the popcorn you just bring the show we'll do it so do you hope to as you look for you know into the future do you hope to get this brand of your theater out there further or what what are you thinking for the future
3: You know, like, people ask me, you know, they they talk about, they talk about, like, you know, would would you ever want to see it on Broadway? And, you know, to be honest, my answer is no. Yeah. You know, I don't really know if this, like, belongs on Broadway. Mm -hmm. You know, like, what are a bunch of, like, poor people, like, poor ragtag Italian clowns (laughs) going to lend itself, you know? Because, like, we're so, like, space-specific, too,
4: Mm -hmm. you know?
3: And ultimately i would love to have like my own theater in new york Mm. you know like rag tag theater actual location you know i would love that's like my ultimate like my ultimate goal and where it would be specifically an lgbtq theater and we would do Mm. more than just we would do other lgbt shows you know and that's, that's amazing that's what my ultimate goal is i I I I mean, like seeing a show on Broadway. Of course, that's like I guess everyone's dream, right? You know. But I just think mine just speaks close. I mean, like it's so it's so interesting. Like when you go out there and you perform this show, and you see these gay kids, and you see these gay youth, and you see these gay parents, and you see them respond to it. You know, I'm just like this deserves its own like space. Yeah. You know. Right. And so. Oh.
4: It, yeah.
0: And it should get its own space. Oh, How? We totally agree. I know. How can people get involved and support the Ragtag Theater Company?
3: Well, um, well, we have a website and huh. we have a Facebook group. Um, I mean, it honestly just starts with, like, like, if you like what you're hearing today, go to our, our Facebook page. We're com slash Ragtag Theater and like us, you know, and share some of our stuff. It's yeah. really just, like, getting the word out there. Um, right. We don't have a a PR firm. Um, And so we're just, we're really like crowdsourcing. You know, we've built an audience and it's specifically because of word of mouth, you know? Yeah. Um, And so like signing up for, if you're in New York City and listening, (laughs) and that happens, and you're you're interested, you can go to our website, we're www.racktagtheater.com, check out our stuff and uh, buy a ticket. And because it's Month of Pride, We have a 50% off discount if you type in the word pride. Nice. And it's uh, $20 tickets for adults.
1: That's amazing. And we'll have our producer, man, put that up on our uh, Facebook page so people can go there as well. I also want you to know you're such a hit today on our show that we've already had a marriage proposal for you so really yes we had oh my had god a, send me the information because i'm single right.
3: let me tell you what
1: <laughs> he's like he writes in and says i need you to propose for me you got to hook a brother up so <laughs> so there there you're so see now you're famous over here people are ready the great radio. i'm yeah.
3: down i'm totally down
1: <laughs> that's awesome well thank you so much first of all i think the work that you all are doing is amazing if only for that story of the, the kid saying he wants to be just like you, giving people permission to embrace what makes them fabulous, let's be honest. You know, I think that mm-hmm. work is important. So glad you're doing it. We're just going to have to make a trek out to New York. I think so. It sounds absolutely up our alley and so much fun. So thank, thank you, you for working so hard much. on doing it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Our pleasure. You have a good time out there, and we'll talk soon. I'll send over the guy to marry you.
3: Great. Yes, I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. Thank (laughs) you, Sam. Bye. (laughs) All right. Thanks, guys. Bye.
1: And if you tuned in, that was our interview with Sam (laughs) LaFrage. There it is. LaFrage. LaFrage. We got it. Who is uh, the creator, founder, and member of the Ragtag Theater Company and LGBTQ Theater. Mm -hmm. You know, helping us all to embrace being weird. We're all weird in our own ways. And I think that's amazing. They do Fractured Fairy Tales and... uh, Look them up. We'll put the, the website on our page. We Support will. Support them and uh, we'll send, and then we'll take pictures at the wedding.
0: Yeah. So apparent, because apparently we already have. Hey. We, we have match made in I, heaven here, you know? I, I love that maker. our listeners are not afraid I, to be bold. Bold un- listeners. That's true. That's true. Perfect. All right. So let's take a song break. Uh, this is going to be uh, Nick Jonas's song, Close, and we're going to talk to him. Uh, d- d- about him a little <laughs> later. We're not talking but to But if him, you're listening, Nick, we would like to talk you to you. Yeah, call on in. <laughs> so. You are back with KYRS Medical Lake Spokane 88.1 and 92.3 FM, and this is Outspoken. This is, and if you just joined us,
1: you have, uh, well, if you just joined us, you missed the greatest things ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> first, Sam LaFrage from the Rag Tech Theater Company, and in the first hour, we had Damon L. Jacobs, our very own sex and relationship therapist. You can catch him every month. On Outspoken, send in your questions as well. So we have a lot of fun doing that. That's right. Now for a segment we haven't done in, in a, a bit. bit, but we enjoy it. We want to have a little bit of the dish. Mm-hmm. So first of all, let's just start with Nick. Yeah. So Nick uh, is on the cover of Out Magazine for this, yes, he is. this latest issue. He's looking uh, quite fine. He, uh, he is, actually. He is. And um, so he did an interview for Out. You know, he has played, now he's on the, the show Kingdom. Yep. Which is on the Audience Network. Yeah. And uh, he plays a gay wrestler yep. who is struggling with his sexuality. Mm-hmm. In the last season, he actually had sex with a guy in an alley. Yeah, there that you was go. Like, and now that was, he's coming back hot. for the middle yeah. of this season. Yeah. Uh, still struggling with how mm-hmm. how he deals with that. And, of course, he was in Scream Queens, Ryan also Murphy's a gay, show. Yeah, also as a gay character. He played a more Out gay character on mm-hmm. that and people have really been saying he's does a great job but one of the things nick never answers is when people want to know are you gay right now, this happens a lot with a lot of celebrities yeah but one of the things he's getting flack for is you know he's known to play gay clubs like mm-hmm. he does in music first of all i think they know his audience you know, oh yeah he right. has a good mixture of uh, gay men and women and just uh heterosexual women that love him but this the the thing going on right now and, and this that this article in out is also saying because he's on the cover of out is are you just using the lgbt community to further your career and that's why you're doing this weird like maybe i am maybe i'm not i don't want to talk you know that 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 stance mm-hmm. and you know is it okay to use the gay community in that way
0: well i mean i i i don't know it's interesting because i see him as someone who we obviously i mean he he's a great actor he's a great singer uh songwriter and so i mean if right. we love him i mean is that is that so he's not do we monetizing need- us just because right of that do we only as the lgbt com- community do we
1: only love and support those that are Gay or in the LGBT, community? and well, yeah. I think no.
0: And I mean, please, Beyonce wouldn't sell an album oh, if that my was gosh. why. Exactly, <laughs> we need our allies. We need people who support yeah. us. And and you know, it's I think it's come to a time, and we'll talk about this a little bit about uh, labels. Yeah about, yeah, about labels, and you know how it, it's it's a lot more just open now and a lot more fluid. You mean you don't have to? You don't have to? You know. Consider yourself one thing. There right now, isn't but, a yeah a but, set exactly. But at the same time, it doesn't really matter because he's. I mean, he's supporting the LGBT community. He's playing gay characters, which we we always support we on TV. Yes. openly gay characters are are huge, especially when they're in the main driver's seat role. Yeah. Um. And so you know, it's it's important that he's doing this work, whether it's straight or gay. Because
1: can I just say, yeah.
0: I would think he was sexy. Either way, oh
1: my gosh, yeah. Because first of all, he's in a magazine. I don't. Yeah. I'm not going to meet him tomorrow. I might, but you know, probably won't meet him tomorrow. So you're sexy. I like. Yeah. I do like his music. I'm yeah. not going to lie. Uh, his new album last year was complicated. Mm-hmm. It comes out this month. Um, and I, I agree with you. Listen, he's playing the gay clubs. Yeah. And hello, he's not stupid. This is the other thing. He, yeah. I like that he accepts that a big part of his audience. Is the gay men, mm-hmm. and he doesn't shy away from it. He's like, that's yeah, fine. So right. why wouldn't he do as a businessman if nothing else? Why wouldn't he play a gay club? Yeah, right. I mean, and I hear he like takes off his shirt. At the- I mean, he knows how to play. And, just, and exactly,
0: saying. exactly. I mean, it's there. I there have been straight men before. Who have been yeah. allies and who have played gay characters or yeah. who have been at gay clubs and who have and aren't you they know, helping move us forward? Exactly. Let's talk about uh, you know the Grammys with Macklemore. We said right. very similar things. Are you just using the gay yeah. community where all he was doing was making a stance? In my opinion, I and think it he was would just be making different if the stance. motivation was to do harm.
1: Yeah. If your motivation is to do harm for yeah. the gay community or just exploit us without, but the fact is, Macklemore does mm-hmm. support the gay community. And he was just doing what an artist does, sharing a story. Nick is not anti-gay people by any means. not at all. And so I don't think, I mean, I don't see any malicious intent. Right. And I think, like we were talking when we were talking with Damon Jacobs earlier, uh, if you're going to go look for trouble, well, you're going to find it. Right, exactly. And I do believe, I think we're making just a huge issue... Over whether or whether or not Nick is gay, whether or whether or not he's ready to come out, yeah our business and his not, he says he always thought it was interesting when he was 14 and fifteen why people wanted to know his relationship status because yeah. he's a kid right. he goes now he sort of understands it, but it still seems weird it is kind of it's, and it's, it, it is kind of odd yeah yeah what makes us think we have the right yeah, to, to ask, demand that?
0: do I wish in my fantasy life that he's gay yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, but that's I mean, that goes for, I mean, Brad Pitt, that goes for all these other stars. It's it's not about, well, he needs to come out right now. He's gay. It's, well, you know, he's an attractive man. And that's, that's fine. And I think he can continue doing that great work. And I have no, I have no quarrels with that. No, I don't either. And I actually hope he
1: continues to play. First, his talk about. You know a complicated person, right. his character on kingdom is very complicated mm-hmm. as they try to figure out they come he comes his character comes from a very masculine right uh, orientated family that's all about being the man, and so it's about this kid who's mm-hmm. trying to how do I come to terms with this when I know inside listen I'm gay, and I do not know because let's face it yes, it's easier now than it's been in you know decades to come out, but it is still hard In a lot and of things, ways, yes. yes yeah and so i respect that he's doing that i like his music i just think he's cool and i appreciate that he takes off his shirt in magazines so i can look at him so yeah. there you, there right? you go i yeah. mean we just watched the video of and here yeah,
0: yeah, we did close, yeah there in his, underwear in his underwear doing weird things with a scary that. person it, just, you that's you know, thing yeah she's not she's not the the most <laughs> un, she's very unsettling let's just yeah. say that <laughs> yeah she um is. and you know it was it's another thing if he was taking lgbt roles from, you know, gay actors and saying, mm-hmm. well, you can't play this or that kind right. of thing. If that if that was more of an issue, I could see why we would be upset. But, you know, yeah. I, don't, I don't see that as I, a thing. I have to give credit to any actor who, you know, we've talked to enough
1: uh, Hollywood people to understand. Yeah. And we've all heard how it works there. Yeah. But he has played not one but two roles very close together. Not a lot of separation between no. projects. And he hasn't been afraid of that. Yeah. Because he knows what's going to come up is a lot of this gossip. Right. It's going
0: to be... You have to worry about typecasting. Well, I mean, casting. he's on the cover of Out's Pride Edition. Yes. This is their Pride exactly, magazine for, Pride, for, Pride, for Month. Pride Month. And he's on the cover of yeah. it. I mean, of course he's not afraid of what's coming from it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it he, whether it's for exposure, whether it's for, you know, making a stand, he's not afraid. Right. He's bold about it. And that's, you know. And I think that's you, pretty cool. You do you, boo. Right? You do you, boo. That's all I'm saying. Uh-huh. But, I mean, let's talk about some labels. Let's talk Shall about we? It. Yeah, you, you brought up this, uh, the first lady of New York, you brought up an article about her and a video that uh, we watched just a bit before the show, and now we should talk about it. Not, yeah, the first lady of New York City,
1: uh, no. wife of the mayor, current mayor there, Bill de Blasio, uh, Sherlane McRae. Uh, she is known for being quite outspoken. Yes. She is not afraid. She's bold. She was uh, very much involved in the the feminist movement Mm -hmm. way back. And still is. And still is. She even wrote an article uh, that was published back then that talked about how she was proud to be a lesbian. Well, now, of course, she's married to uh, Mayor de Blasio. Mm -hmm. And this has come up. And, of course, people like to dive into what the these sensational things and they're like well now she they've been married they have kids you know not only is it an interracial marriage which amazingly enough in this day and age is apparently still a thing yeah where we are shocked Um, but also she had identified as a lesbian yeah she's married had kids and she goes she gets the questions all the time first of all how are you You were a lesbian. How are you? Are you bi now? Or how have you come to terms and be okay with being heterosexual? And she says in this interview that maybe the labels are done. Mm hmm. Maybe she goes, I don't have an answer for you other than this is just this is who who I am now yeah. this is just me she's never backed away from it she she still she goes I celebrate the days and the women I knew and those days when she wrote those articles to her it's an it's just a very much just the way life journey was
0: right and she and she'll tell I mean she says in this interview she did, it's not like she changed it's not like she yeah. is a different person it's just her this has been her all along she's just discovering either a different side or you know this is it's it's still the roots of her, and I think that uh, a lot of people obviously have been asking questions, saying, "Oh, well, did she just do it just to get into, you know, yeah, into politics? Into politics. And into more power I mean, it and... makes sense. The mayor of New York, one of right. the most powerful, uh, right? You know, it's mayors a, a, in in United States, yeah, an influential city, exactly, hugely. But so, I
1: do like that she comes up. But she also, there was a statement yeah. made in that article which I found fascinating, which said, you know, in a decade or two. Mm-hmm people aren't going to come out. Right. They're just going to be because right. she believes as a many do that everybody falls somewhere on the Kinsey scale and throughout your life, mm-hmm. it can, that point can change. Yeah. Um, so is there a need for people to say, and there's another side of this, this coin by me, not standing up and labeling myself yeah. as a gay man, does it give us less political leverage mm-hmm. in changing the things that need to be changed because people no longer identify as a label, there is some strength in labeling. Yes, and there I agree. are some weak and weaknesses, and you know, yeah. dismantling of of things we need by labeling.
0: People who say that we are done with labels currently, right now, I can I would disagree with them. I think they're just almost they're, completely.
1: They're, it's yeah. It's not time. It's, it's not, not the time, time yet. Yeah. I, I understand.
0: Yeah. I understand the dream of the not coming out. And that's beautiful when, you know, when you can, you know, your kid comes up to you and says, hey, I met a girl or a boy and it doesn't matter. And you can right. just say, yeah, that's great. And in some places that can be a reality right now. But as the majority in our country, in our yeah. world right now, that's not the case. No. And the more people that stand out and label themselves. For a political statement, sometimes. Right, right. Sometimes that's why it is. Um, you know, that that progresses uh, where we are at. And I think exactly. that's just important. I don't know if it's a responsibility per se. Right. I just think that it's an important thing for us and to I do. And I will say
1: this, and this is where I'm at. I agree with you 100%. Yeah. Listen, we're not at the place where we don't need labels right now. Yeah. I am a gay man. Right. I'm fine and proud to say that I am a gay man. But I also respect uh, Shirlane McCray's. Mm-hmm. Willingness to say, listen, I really, I just am. Yeah. I'm just a sexual being. Uh, this is where I am in life now. Yes, mm-hmm. that's where I was in life then. I don't feel like we need to to press a label on me. Yeah, I agree, and mostly because I believe when it comes to politics, certain people's angle on it, they want to label you to harm you. Right. Ex- uh, yeah. So it's not about being yeah. free. It's about if we can make her something that that vilifies her. Yeah, and. As we're seeing in this country, you can still be vilified for very weird things like being an immigrant, like we all are. Yeah, Uh, you know, most of us are in America weren't our families didn't weren't born here, right? Um, I feel like they're trying to vilify her and say, "Well, now you're married, but look, you were a lesbian, so." Right. So and I agree there, but I think we're in this weird time we need more people willing to just be who they are, mm-hmm. stay on the spectrum. And here's the thing,
0: I agree. Yeah, I I and, and we're exactly, we need us. We need us. Yes, we need people to label themselves to be out there but also we need to understand as a society that just because you label yourself that's not okay well that 100 hundred that's like, your you know you don't stamp. lock the cage door and exactly. that's exactly you can't go outside of that you're nothing mm-hmm. but this this is all that exactly. you are we're still all human beings we're still all different and yes there's the kinsey scale yes and you know some people are a five or a four and some right? people are a zero or a one you know yes i mean and, Your, and it's, it's just Your life. Honor, that's just it's how just it is. Life.
1: I am very comfortable where I sit yeah. on that scale, which is completely gay. Yeah. But I also respect those that yeah. they're and I believe the sexuality can be fluid. It can. And with some people, that's how well, they are. They are just fluid. Yeah. And I think that's amazing. And that's just because I'm not and they yes. are doesn't mean mm-hmm. one is bad and one is, is yeah. good. They just not one are. is
0: bad and one is better. Yeah. It isn't. Well, and I feel like the more people come out as sexually fluid or, Mm -hmm. you know, or address it or even state it, you don't have to necessarily be like, well, I'm sexually fluid. But when it comes up, uh, the more those barriers barriers will start to break down and we'll start, you know, accepting that, okay, maybe it is more of a spectrum. Right. And the article also talked a little, little bit about how, you know, in the younger generation now that's becoming more and more of a common thing where people exactly. won't identify with yeah. one or the other. That they won't just say I'm heterosexual or I do believe gay, that, you know? I do believe
1: the day will come. I believe it's further in the future than yes. some people believe, but I do believe the day will eventually get here yeah. where we just are. Yeah. And what a beautiful day that will right. be, but we are far from it. Mm-hmm. Um there's too many more fights we have to win. Listen, equality is way off for yes. even for a lot of things yeah. in this country, um, equality's way off. There's a lot of talk right now. Listen, we talk about the Supreme Court constantly. Oh, my gosh, yeah. We talk about what happened when um, with the death of Antonin Scalia and how that left the vacancy. Of mm-hmm. course, it threw politics in turmoil because uh, they re- the Republicans' uh, right refuses to let uh, President Obama. Do a uh, nomination. Yeah, nominate, a nominate someone, or at least yeah. he can nominate, but they refuse to, the, exactly. to speak or That's to make true. a decision. To a point, really. So here's the point. Here's the problem. So now we have a court that needs, because right now we're too evenly split yeah. on on liberals and conservatives justices, and you can't, as a recent article in Advocate pointed out, we can't always count on Kennedy, who helped swing us to marriage equality. Yeah. So many things. We're going to have uh, some of these trans laws are going to go to Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Religious Freedom Reformation, reformation Restoration, Act yeah. Restoration acts are going to go to the Supreme Court. There are all these going right now. Yeah. You cannot count on this one justice who helps us. Right. Because he tends to, It depending on what it is, he can go either way. So
0: we need that mm-hmm. seat filled, and mm-hmm. we're not going to know. And we're in a place right now, like you said, where it's eight justices, and that yeah. will either tie up all the time mm-hmm. which basically just whatever you know whatever the court of appeals they'll chose, be a stalemate that's that's well, what it goes what to. is the
1: court doing over the last few months they and uh, the media calls it punting yeah they are sending so yeah. many cases back down to the lower courts yeah. because they can't come to an agreement so they're sending it exactly back down. so right. they call it they're saying they're punting the cases
0: back because and and this is in part you know the fault of Republicans not wanting to play along? Yes. And oh, I think yeah, I, I think that's a huge role in I that. Do. I believe that as well. We, can, we cannot have an almost entire year without nine justices. Sitting mm-hmm. there, mm-hmm. that is such a that's such a it's a disservice to disservice. America. Thank first you, of all. exactly to our country, to our constitution.
1: When in the end, the reason it's not happening is not because we are worried about serving our country. No, it's exactly. about we are worried about serving self interest. Yep. So we want we to, would have to suck it up if there yeah. was a Republican in office, and it would need to happen. And the Republicans would be like, "Why were you stopping right. us?" The same way they should suck it up yeah. and let us put let obama choose the next one. he even chose a very middle of the road he did as close to get kennedy him there. in there yes it's not going to happen there. we all know that yeah uh uh the the current assumptive nominee for the republican uh, presidential race of course donald trump mm-hmm. has released his list of who he would nominate to yeah. take the the vacated seat by Antonin Scalia Mm -hmm. and of course that was that honestly was his big solid move that got more Republicans behind him because he He I'm sure he had someone very put the list together and he it's very much in line with a very right wing Republican yeah so but still we're here still we're at this moment where is this right and shouldn't we take this moment and go wait a minute if this is how it's working right now, the system's really messed up. Yeah. If we're really broken if we're not going to pay attention to the rules. Yeah, and if we can't get what along— the, What use is the rules?
0: Right. We have one decision to make, a very important one. We can't get along for long enough to solve it, to fill that seat. I mean, that's crazy to me. And and back to the Kennedy you know, question is he's not reliable to be pro-LGBT every time. Or any of the times. I mean, he's such a... He's a wild card, and a lot of the times... He well, you, he's been you known... Just, you know, you just don't know how it's going to go, especially with trans rights. Some, yes. Well, yeah.
1: and the hard thing there is he's been known in the past to have very, what we would say, quote-unquote, traditional views yes. of women and what their roles are. Yeah. he's He has stated in in a a judgment case that he believes that some abortions should always be blocked so that women have the right... To uh, experience their utmost meaning, or something that yeah. makes it seem like that's their whole purpose here. R- exactly. Yeah. So listen, he was great for us when we needed the marriage case, but the fact is, he still kind of has. He's back and forth on mm-hmm. where you want him to be. Where does that put him in trans rights? We don't know. Right. The Supreme Court has historically uh, supported anything that has. That brings the 14th Amendment mm-hmm. into it, where everybody has the right to be treated equal yep. and be re- yeah, represented yeah. equally under the law. But then um, again, we but just can't know. So yeah. the problem is we need someone—
0: well, there and i feel like after you know the supreme court ruling last year we painted kennedy as almost a hero because he was the swing vote he that was. that got us yeah. there so a lot of people you know praised him for that and he should him he and he should have yeah. and, and, and painted him as a hero but we can't rely on him to do that every time so we need to we just need to understand you know where it sits and if if we could get this nomination and appoint a judge and while President Obama is still in office, right? I mean, we, we'd be fine. I don't see that happening.
1: I agree if we could do it, I, but I don't see it happening. Well, the, yes. the ways in which we've learned to stop the government mm. and the ways in which politicians have learned to stop the government, they're really good at it. Yeah. You know what I mean? But then, this is my other question. So what happens, uh, Republicans, if your nominee doesn't make it in the White House? Yeah. You cannot stop... So are you going you to stop it. being yeah. jerks? You've stopped our government how many times throughout the Obama administration? Yeah. and
0: are we going to have to wait until we pack the uh, Congress with Democrats? Is that, right. what we, is that what it takes? And
1: yeah, why is it?
0: <laughs> why should it be all about, right. um, oh,
1: well, we better stack the deck? Hey, for us, it works in our favor. No. Of course, we'd love that. But the fact is, politicians are to work together for the good of the people. Right. And this is what infuriates me, mm-hmm. and especially about this process. It is truth that that seat needs to be filled no matter what. These are just the rules. So it's time that we we do them. Yes. But... I don't know. Do we have one more yes, song? Yes, we're going to play well, one more song here. Before we leave, I want to say an, a listener threw in a quote, and so I would like to read it, because it's about what we were talking about labels, but I would say that he threw the quote Harvey Milk at us, and, I, and I, it's worth saying, Harvey Milk said on November 18th, 1977, I would like to see every gay doctor come out, every gay lawyer, every gay architect come out, stand up, and let the world know. That would do more to end prejudice overnight than anybody would imagine. Mm. Uh, so it's important. There's still power in the words. There is. Uh, that's why there's power on the court, mm-hmm. and there's power with politicians. So I think it's a good closing thought to end on.
0: I agree. All right, we're going to listen to Man and the Ghost, and this is their song, Chameleon. You are back with KYRS, Medical Lake, Spokane, 88.1 and 92.3 FM.
1: And another outspoken show in the game. Yes. Fun show today. Done. We want to remind you that next week we have Robbie Turner, the Seattle drag queen that was on this season's RuPaul's Drag Race. Uh, Robbie Turner is going to be on the show with us. And then on June 19th, the incomparable comedian, writer himself, Bruce Valanche. Uh, go out and watch the, the documentary Get Bruce. It's so funny. You'll Hilarious. love it. But, Houston, you haven't said a word. All show. And you uh-huh. have something important to announce. Again, we said it last week. We want to say it again. Yeah. Uh, the Manitou plant sale is this weekend, June 11th. It opens, gates open at 8 a.m. and then it goes to 3. Nice. Um, but if you're a Friends of Manitou volunteer, you get to get in an hour early. Ooh, awesome. Not to I be mistaken with a friend of Manitou who volunteers. Different things. <laughs> <So>. Membership. <laughs> And volunteer. Yes, yeah. exactly. And you can go see Houston. Houston's going to be working uh-huh. it. So you can see, oh, uh, yeah. right? You can see you sweating <laughs> up in the 90 degree work. Heat. Well, yeah. it's saying that it's supposed to be cloudy. So oh. fingers crossed. Hopefully. Hopefully. we're going to go for that. Yeah. But yeah, go buy some cool plants. Go visit Houston. Uh, yeah. Find out what yeah. mysterious Houston Tilly looks at. And go look at his blog. <laughs> yes. His blog. His blog. I blog. My blog. Yeah. Yeah. He has a lot of them out. Yeah. But until next yeah. week, tune in for Robbie Turner. It's going to be a lot of fun.